Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness, and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. All right, well, this is Tim Howard, the host of Reflect the Life You Want, and I'm delighted to have as guest today Jim Roberts of New or the Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington as a guest of the podcast. Welcome to the show, Jim. Well, thank you for the invitation. I'm very excited to be here in the Cargo District, and uh, I'm eager to, to talk with you. Yeah, well, you are, um, you and I first connected at the uh, Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship at UNCW. It's probably been three, four, five years ago. Sure. And yeah, I started in 2013 at the CIE, and I was the first executive director there. And we took an old real estate uh, office and a real estate school and turned it into an incubator. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember that very first time we met, and there were there were like three different entrepreneurs that were getting up talking about what they were involved with and what they were getting ready to do. And it was kind of cool for me because you had this experience that I've known nothing about. And we were talking a little bit about that. I don't have a lot of understanding of how all the entrepreneurial space and angel investors and all this stuff comes about, but you have been operating in that space for many, many years. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that and helping to get the word out because I, I think you've shared with us um, already the significance of the progress that's been made in this community. So I'll let you talk a little bit about what's your background experience? How did you get so passionate about what you're doing and helping entrepreneurs here locally in the Wilmington space? So the way I got started in this is I was living in Charlotte in 1999, and I was a website salesman. And I was kind of a, if you know what a relationship salesman is, is uh, I was a relationship salesman in a very fast-moving website design business and all of my prospects were these young entrepreneurs who didn't have any money. <laughs> and if they didn't have any money, then they couldn't sign a website design contract with yeah. me, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, how can I be part of the solution to that, right? Because mm-hmm. if I help an entrepreneur get funded, find an investor, and they write a check, surely they would scratch my back <laughs> and buy a website. I mean, that's simple, right? That's relationship. You would think. Right. And so that's what I started. I started an organization in Charlotte in 1990, actually in 2000, called First Round. Okay. And it was a monthly meeting on the third, I think it was the third or first Tuesday. It was the third Tuesday of every month. And I took over a restaurant. And the restaurant got all the food money, got all the alcohol money. I was making money on sponsorships. Okay. And so every month I would bring in an expert on some field, whether it was finding investors or better marketing skills or, you know, seven tips on how to sell better. And the entrepreneurs just ate it up Mm -hmm. because in Charlotte, we were not experiencing the the tech or the dot-com boom that every city in America claimed that they were going through. And I was like, well, we're the new city of the new South. Why isn't this happening in Charlotte? Mm -hmm. And we'll get into this later is I just decided that person should be, if no one else is going to take that, then I'll take the lead and I'll become the solution to that. And my co-author, Maria Spears, she will often talk, co-author of the Mirror Book Project, will often talk about if you see a need, 
then create something to fill that need. Sounds right. like that's what you did. Right. And, and I live by that mantra, frankly. Um, and so the challenge, we kept growing and we would move to bigger and bigger restaurants. And then the dot-com crash happened. Yeah. And a lot of our support went away. Mm-hmm. And then 9-11 happened. Yeah. And that was really the end of my organization because mm-hmm. all of the sponsorship money that I had from law firms and accounting firms that wanted to work with these up and coming startups, they knew that that investor capital wasn't going to be there. And suddenly we were a much more conservative economy <laughs> and not taking those risks. So kind of the, the, in, the limited amount of investor capital that was in a conservative banking city like Charlotte just disappeared. Right up. And so Three days after I had personally, in my mind, decided that I was going to shut down that organization, I got a call from Asheville, North Carolina. Mm. And they said, we love what you're doing in Charlotte, but we know you're not making any money. So how would you like a full-time job with benefits and come and do this in in Asheville? And that was a pretty simple decision, right? You created an opportunity for yourself. Right, right. I had kind of proven myself with yeah. very limited resources and gotten the results but, you know, the, the market had changed. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, – I moved to Asheville and got recruited there and started a, a very similar kind of entrepreneur support organization is what these are called. Mm-hmm. And also started – um, kind of took over a small existing angel investor network. Mm-hmm. And I was doing the exact same thing and having these great events and high-energy events in the tone that entrepreneurs talk in. And, and things would move very rapidly in high energy. And the entrepreneurs just love that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't like kind of the monotone speaker. So I intentionally bring in speakers that are high energy and bring value. Awesome. And that's really how I got into this. Mm-hmm. So what brought you to the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship at UNCW? Well, the chancellor offered me a job making more money than anyone in my family had ever made. So that yeah. was a pretty easy, easy decision. Easy decision. And, you know, and you get to live at the beach, too. Right. You know, it's funny that I, um, <laughs> when I, I tell this story all the time, when I lived in Charlotte, no one wanted to visit. It wasn't a city that they right. thought was cool. Right. I moved to Asheville, and suddenly within the first six weeks, I had more visitors than my six <laughs> years in Charlotte. I moved to Raleigh, and no one wants to visit. Yeah. And I moved to the beach, and, hey, Jim, you know, <laughs> hey, we'd like to come, come down, down for the visit. weekend. Yeah. Like, you know, so, yeah, it was uh, obviously a very attractive, as I call it, a, a quality of place. I don't talk about quality of life. I talk about is this a quality of place for the individual looking at it? Yeah. Um, because quality of life is very different. If you're a huge professional sports fan, does Wilmington really have quality of life? You yeah. know, so – but if you move to the beach, you're probably looking for a different style of pace of life. Well, we I first moved to Wilmington in 2002, having left the large manufacturing operations leadership kind of position. And we made that choice to live in Wilmington was, was the choice was that quality place kind of decision first and how to earn a living secondary. So I started a franchise business, my first business venture in the Wilmington community. But ever since I've been here, it's like, how do I get to stay here? And what what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I, I do. I've been saying this since the day I arrived. I am very concerned that we have a high number of people that read the tourism brochure and think it's a great place to live. Mm-hmm. And it's very different, right? I mean, we're mm-hmm. building an economy as we speak. Right. We're, we're becoming, we're now 
the third best entrepreneur ecosystem in the state of North Carolina, which is a very pro-business state, a very large state, a very wide state. But we have surpassed a lot of cities and now become the third best city. But we're still, we still have a lot of work to do for that, um, what they call the, the trailing spouse. Yeah. You know, it, you may get this great job at Live Oak or Encino, but what is your spouse going to do, whether it's male mm-hmm. or female? Um, some, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of female now joining the tech economy, but mm-hmm. what, the, what would their husband do? You know, right. that's a different question than we were talking about 10 years ago. Yeah. You mentioned before the show that we've now been kind of on the map, so to speak, globally, yeah. uh, for the first time in the last couple of years being ranked. Tell, can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So in 2020, 2020, there was a, a ranking that came out of the blue that I read about in Raleigh, and it's called Startup Genome. And this organization is creating a global ranking of ecosystems. Um, so there's the Silicon Valley category of probably 30 cities. Mm-hmm. And then there's the secondary or what they call an emerging market. Mm-hmm. And Wilmington is now listed as the 81st best emerging ecosystem in the world. Wow. And in that is how we get the ranking that we are the third best ecosystem in North Carolina because there's only three cities from North Carolina yeah. that made that list. Now, you're obviously Raleigh-Durham is in that first list with Silicon Valley, but at the third around number 30. Mm-hmm. And the next group is um, Charlotte is, you know, pretty high in that. But at 81, and this is, again, the second year in a row we've made this list. So That's um, pretty amazing. It's easy to that. look at the Encino success and the untapped success, but what explains the following year success? Right. And and that's where we are right now. And I work every day so we don't drop on that list because <laughs> I've worked so hard for the last eight years to get us to that point where I was saying, you know, two years into being in Wilmington that we were surpassing other North Carolina cities. And I was convinced we were we were already the third or fourth best city in North Carolina because I've lived in all these other cities. So mm-hmm. I I built some of those ecosystems in those other cities. So I knew that we were making real progress. Yeah. What do you what do you think is key in terms of the success or creating that kind of culture within a community an ecosystem that supports all this entrepreneurship? Well, my key to it, the key thing that I believe that I've done is I call it the coastal corridor. Okay. If Raleigh is where all the resources are and they're a top, you know, top 30 economy ecosystem in the world, mm-hmm. then how do we do more business market to market? We have a better relationship, in my opinion, with Raleigh. Have you ever heard of Charlotte? It's called the great state of Mecklenburg <laughs> because they don't participate. They, their entrepreneurs don't come to Raleigh-Durham to the, uh. to the big venture conferences or, you, you know, the simple startup events. Mm-hmm. But we have taken as many as 17 entrepreneurs on a single trip to go to a one-day, half-day kind of entrepreneur conference in Raleigh-Durham. Mm. And if you looked around, there's – you know, there's probably two entrepreneurs from Charlotte over here or one from Greensboro, but we took up two whole rows of this theater. Wow. And I made sure that everyone knew that, you know, every yeah. friend that would approach me, hey, Jim, nice to see you. I was like, mm-hmm. let me show you all the, the, all the Wilmington entrepreneurs that we have here, you know, because 
my friends read my LinkedIn posts. They see all the media that I've been mm-hmm. able to create. So they're familiar with our growth. But mm-hmm. to see it at 17 different people at, at one time in one place, you're going, there, there's something more <laughs> happening there. You you spoke of LinkedIn. And when I was looking, doing some research ahead of the show, your profile, you've got like a half dozen different kind of things you're involved in. Tell us yeah. more about some of those things. Well, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but running a nonprofit, an independent nonprofit is not very profitable. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I don't have a whole lot of personal income from a one person right. independent nonprofit. So I had to find other ways to to build a personal income. I've got a son that I need to put through college eventually yeah. when he gets off restriction, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, I did these things because I needed additional income. The, the second thing that I do is I run an angel investor network, which means I've got a group, a very small group of my personal friends that have uh, agreed to make investments in the startups that come through the network for entrepreneurs in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And so we've made 16 deals, including one that I hope will be announced very soon, maybe by your next guest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um, you know, we've done over a million dollars between all of the investors that we have and the secondary deals, meaning they didn't just invest once, but on the next round when that round was opened by the entrepreneur. Our, our investors went in a second time mm-hmm. and probably for a six-figure investment kind of thing. So um, not only that, but I'm, I've got my own consulting firm, which is called Rojo Octo, which means the red octopus. I, before I lost all my hair, it was red. And um, an octopus simply because if you're running an ecosystem, you need all eight arms Tentacles to, out you need, it. you know, you're, you can't clone each other yet. So maybe if you yeah. had additional arms, you could get more done. That's really the, you know, the, the thought behind the logo. Mm-hmm. If I can give a shout out to my buddy in Charlotte who designs my logos for a bottle of bourbon. Um, he's, <laughs> he's a hell of a friend that I've had for a long time. Um, and then I'm entrepreneur in residence at UNC Pembroke, which is a very small uh, university rural in rural Pembroke, North Carolina, and uh, they have an incubator there. And I advise some of their entrepreneurs, but I also work with the staff on the things that I need to do or that they need to do to run an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have two grants from NC Idea, and NC Idea is a it's a nonprofit, independent nonprofit. This is not state money, but they give grants to ecosystems. But they're much more known for giving grants to startups. So it's a non-dilutive fifty thousand dollar grant that the you know the startup applies for, but it's very competitive. Probably one hundred and twenty five applications per cycle, and they choose five winners. Mm-hmm. and And that's an organization that didn't participate in Wilmington a whole lot before twenty thirteen, before the CIE, because I had those relationships to say, hey, I can. If you come to Wilmington, I can fill a room full of entrepreneurs. You've got a home to have a free event. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is part of that uh, coastal corridor relationship between Wilmington and, uh, and Raleigh-Durham. Right. And, and even the, the North Carolina Technology Association leader said, hey, yeah, Wilmington is kind of outpacing other cities given mm-hmm. the population. You guys are winning a lot more awards than other cities right. that are two and three times your size. And mm-hmm. and Next Glass was really the first winner in, in that, and that was yeah. a lot of fun to, to witness that. And that's when I knew I had 
momentum. I had yeah. my poster child company because when they said there's a company in Wilmington, North Carolina, who has an app that develops your taste profile for wine, yeah. you could have heard everyone stand up and take out their <laughs> cell phone and try to download that app because yeah. there were wine bottles rattling around on every table. And uh, I'll never forget that moment. That's when I knew George Taylor and his team had had something, and I, it was so exciting. That's a really cool story. Yeah. Well, you you talked about one of the things, kind of the trailing spouses thing, is the financial tech, you know, ecosystem in Wilmington grows. What are some other opportunities, either positive or needs, that you see that we as Wilmingtonians can get behind the kind of the incubator entrepreneurial spirit and the the ecosystem that's being created here? How do we support that? Yeah, so I'm part of the CIE mentor group. So um, once a month, there are two entrepreneurs that are invited in that are new to the program that present in front of a room full of mentors. There's probably 35 people in the room, and they get to give their value proposition uh, presentation to the mentors. And then the entrepreneur leaves the room, and we kind of talk about the company and then there's a raise of hands of, hey, who wants to join the five-member mentor team mm-hmm. uh, to help that company? That's a step that we have. But mm-hmm. what I'm asking for is for the mentors who participate in that, and we're asking for more mentors, is to get your hands dirty with these companies. If you mm-hmm. believe in them and you kind of become part of the team as a mentor or as an advisor, you know, we're all from somewhere else, right? We're all from Boston, Chicago, New York. Most of these guys are from New Jersey. (laughs) And how can we get these mentors comfortable to a point where they say, hey, I know five people in that industry in New Jersey. Let's go to that conference that I worked in for 12 years Mm -hmm. and go meet these people and find you some clients in New Jersey. Yeah. That's what we desperately need. Get some skin in the game with – yeah, I, I call it political capital, relationship yeah. capital. Yeah. But in a conservative city like Wilmington, these people don't want to be burned by those startup entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who may be first-time founders, and they get three-fourths of the way through creating a product, and they run out of money, yeah. or they run out of steam. You know, mm-hmm. we're um, one thing that I have really come across that is an issue is kind of that fire in the belly. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have it right when it starts up. That's really exciting. You've got a brand new toy that you want to tell everybody about. It's like having a, a new baby that you want to show them your phone. Yeah. You know, hey, here's my baby. Here's my grandbaby. And you're all real excited. Yeah. But, you know, 18 months later, you're not showing that picture as much. Right. And that's kind of what it's like in the entrepreneur circles is unless you really have that fire in the belly, you know, this excitement's going to wear off and it becomes a job. You know, yeah. it's it's not that exciting entrepreneur that everyone's talking to you about town. You're no longer the talk of the town in the cocktail party. <laughs> you know, you got to still have that self belief. Right. You got to have that internal belief. Yeah, and have that really as you can hear it from me, I have this passion. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll never. I don't know if you're a big basketball fan. <laughs> I went to Gonzaga University. <laughs> there you go. So I'm a big Zags fan. The um, the head coach for University of Kentucky. Is John Calipari. Right. You know, he started ba- playing basketball UCW. here in Wilmington. Yeah. yeah. Probably the most famous person to ever go to the university. Yeah. Jerry Wainwright, I think, was coach back then. Yep. And in John Calipari's, he did a 30 for 30 on ESPN about his Hall of Fame induction. And he said, one, his assistant coach said, sometimes 
John Calipari wants it more than the players. Yeah. And I think I have that. Yeah. I think you have, you and I haven't talked. My father is a, there's a picture of my father in the basketball hall of fame. Oh. So he was a head basketball coach at the high school level for many, many years. And we lived in a place called Centralia, Illinois, and it was the winningest program in the history of all of basketball. Wow. High school, college, professional, 1,500 games, and they took a picture of the team and sent it to the Hall of Fame. Wow. There's not a statue of my father. There's a picture of him. Yeah. And, you know, so this, when I use basketball analogies, that you can see why. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, grew absolutely. up literally with a – remember – uh, you get a box of cereal and Rice Krispies, and you could send in for a basketball with oh, Rice Krispies. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have that picture <laughs> of me with a basketball and the Rice Krispies in my crib, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, in yeah. blood. It's yeah. definitely in my blood, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a cool story. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, I have a little bit of exposure to some of the startups that are going on and some awareness, and some of my friends, are you know, have connections there. But I'm really, I myself am wanting to know more, and I, I'm, I'm thinking about, and you and I have been interacting some on LinkedIn, just you've been feeding me information, making me aware of things that are going on, and then now you're here on the show to talk about it specifically. So I think it's exciting, and I, I think it is cool that you have this passion, and I think you you might describe yourself as kind of a connector of other people and helping, you know, bring about angel investors and funding for these new startups, but just the relational capital and the political capital that you bring to bring people to capital together. I think that's very, very important. Yeah. I have a, I have a, um, the five aspects of, um, of building an ecosystem. And one is obviously having events, Mm -hmm. connecting entrepreneurs to mentors, preparing entrepreneurs for funding, the advocacy, which is probably something unique to what I do to everyone else in Wilmington, and then communications or a newsletter and our website. Um, And those are the five really things that I do every day to help the Wilmington ecosystem. And Mm -hmm. and again, um, I serve on as many committees as you can think about but the committees that I serve on are sometimes in the Raleigh-Durham market. I'm on the NCIDEA judges or core reviewers of who wins the grants. Right. So Wilmington entrepreneurs have a, a champion and in a the room. An right? advocate, right? But I have, to, I have to obviously state my conflict of interest, but they usually go, well, <laughs> you're the only <laughs> one that knows anything about this company, yeah. right? Uh, I'm on the awards committee for the North Carolina Technology Association. Mm-hmm. I help CED, which is the Raleigh version of new. It's called Mm -hmm. CED, but it's been around for 35 years. And so those are ways that I advocate for Wilmington entrepreneurs that they don't see because I'm spending time in in Raleigh. Hmm. I'll have to get those five aspects or elements uh, from you so we can use that in uh, the episode notes. But also I'm curious about how to apply that mindset to help support we're we're sitting in a podcast that's co-located with my real estate firm that started seven months ago. Right. And Signal Fire Media started not much, you know, maybe a year, year and a half ago, you know, the concept of it. Uh, Matt Mylott, one of the uh, founders of Signal Fire Media, used to be at UNC Wilmington and the Swain Center and did business development to help support um, – you know, how did the UNCW system help support businesses and whatnot in the area? So 
this is kind of a little incubator right here. There's some synergies between the owners of Signal Fire Media and myself and my main partner at Title Realty. We're all veterans. Right. I'm an Army veteran. Matthew Kane, my partner who founded Title Realty Partners, is a Marine Corps veteran. Matt Mylot, Rob Renz, Signal Fire Media, and a couple of the other investors, Signal Fire, they're, they're all either Marine Corps veterans or some other stuff they can't talk about what they did in the sure, past sure, sure. <laughs> with some agency kind of work. But um, it's been interesting to be part of a kind of a new startup kind of thing. It, it's different. Um, you're creating the culture as you go. You're, you're, you're figuring out what are your strengths that you have as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a business person. How do you, how do you take care of the business that you have? But how do you vision cast for what are you going to go create? And how do you get other people excited about that? So that we had a uh, an event today. We had one of our mentors from uh, the Richmond, Virginia market with EXP Realty. Um, he owns a business called Mission Realty, and we had him in town. He's just a very inspirational speaker, um, just has an incredible life story, personal history and story to share, and we're helping just other realtors in this market how to be successful. Hopefully, eventually, some of them will affiliate themselves with uh, EXP Realty, and we'll be able to That's help That's very them. interesting you say that because I'm working on a new media piece that I'm writing about the seven aspects of entrepreneurship for the first-time founder, and yeah. I'm relating it to, you know, you have to be your own cheerleader. You're going to have to be your own, as Gary Vee, who is somebody that I yeah. follow, <clears throat> says now that he's a boss with a 1,000 people that work for him, he's a firefighter all day. Yeah. All he does is put out fires. He puts out other people's problems. Yeah. And that's his role at the office. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about how these seven aspects, <coughs> excuse me, uh, cheerleader, um, time management, building the fort, um, the financial stress and family impact that mm-hmm. entrepreneurship can have. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I'll be, I'll be curious to see that and we'll help push that out when that comes out. Well, that's really cool. Well, Ahead, I'm going to shift gears on you and move from kind of that entrepreneurial incubator space to more the self-development space, which is kind of where I'm, you know, I, I do coaching with man, men through the man school. I take them through a process called the Great Man's Legacy coursework. And then I have the Mirror Book Project. And the theme of the Mirror Book is to reflect the life you want, which is the name of this podcast, and reflect the acrostic um, is the key chapters of the book. And we were talking ahead of the show is, you know, which of those elements of the reflect acrostic most resonated with you? And you, you mentioned that you thought the energize your thoughts towards what you intended to be most resonated with you. So I was curious as to why that most resonated with you. Well, like we talked about earlier with the, the Charlotte ecosystem is no one else was leading it. So maybe that person's supposed to be you. Mm-hmm. If you're the one that recognizes there's a problem in your city yep. or in your community or in your church or whatever sense of community you want, maybe that community is waiting for you to be the leader. Yeah. And maybe it that little light bulb needs to go on to say you're the solution. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have the passion for it and you have the experience for it. It may, may not be directly related to your experience. I mean, entrepreneur development is kind of a new industry. It's yeah. only really 20 years old, and most of it started in Raleigh, frankly, mm-hmm. with the CED. You mentioned passion. What do you think is that underlying passion within you 
that just energizes you about this space, you know, this kind of business and entrepreneurship? Well, as we talked about, I mean, you know, my father as a coach would see his players develop and if they develop, then he would become their cheerleader and try to help them get, uh, you know, a scholarship because my dad, much like me, my dad was very connected into the, the inner circles of basketball. Okay. He knew, he would coach at Bobby Knight's summer camps kind of thing. Very right? cool. Yeah. So people knew my father had talent. He was the three-time coach of the year in the state in the city of Chicago. Hmm. And that says something. Yeah. Right? And so it wasn't rural, you know, North Dakota. I can make it for North Dakota because <laughs> I'm from there. Uh, my not North Dakota. You know, that he was he was a big-time coach. And, and so he could call up these other coaches and say, hey, I have this player that University of Illinois is not taking a look at, but he would be great at Utah or mm-hmm. Western Michigan and these places that my my dad's players got scholarships for. So I think I have the same passion is um, I'm not part of the good old boy network. You can tell I've got a nasally accent from Chicago <laughs> and that's it's not the Southern draw, right? Yeah. I'm not going to play the Brian Kelly and fake a Southern draw. Right. Um, but uh, it, it's just a passion that I have. I, I think, you know, you probably met some Irish people in your past time. I'm, and, I'm three and quarters I, yeah, Irish. I'm very Irish and uh, German stubborn on my mother's side. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think that's just where it comes from is I'm, I'm energized by if I give energy to an entrepreneur and – Three weeks later, they go, Jim, those doors you opened for me have resulted in these three improvements in my life, including I made a big sale so I could get rid of my bad car. Or I had an Asheville entrepreneur come up to me and said, 80% of what I have in my life is because of one meeting that I had with me. That's awesome. 80%. He had been able to completely turn around his life Hmm. because he stopped banging his head against something that wasn't going to work. And I and this is a term that I use lightly is I told him he had an ugly baby. <laughs> I told him his startup was an ugly baby. Yeah. But if he pivoted to the left 25 degrees, there was a lot of opportunity there doing the same thing. Yeah. You're just trying to sell a package to market tourism in a very oversaturated tourism market in Nashville. And I said, well, what if you went over here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that for one simple piece of advice, you know, of – uh, pivoting, and he was grateful for that. And that energizes you, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like you and I are wired similarly in, in the respect in, in my real estate business, which is my main hustle, the acrostic or mantra for my business has always been the acrostic home, which stands for helping others means everything. So I get to help people buy and sell homes. But now as we're evolving in title realty partners and we're growing this organization, it's a lot more coaching of newer agents, younger agents or new to the business or people that are coming up. They've got a little bit of business and they want to take it to the next level. It's about sharing what you know and life experience that you have and other business experience to help them to achieve the dreams and goals that they have for themselves. So, I sure wish Wilmington would have a little more give and take, though. Mm-hmm. I've I found that it's a... Tell me more there's, about There's that. a lot of takers. Okay. And I, I wish people would, you know, there's a, a mantra in an organization that's much bigger than mine called Techstars, and they put entrepreneurs through a three-month process. Mm-hmm. And their mantra is give first, okay. and it'll come back. 
and I've been waiting 22 years for it to come back, <laughs> right? I, I've, I've been giving for 20, 22 years, and I'm, you know, uh, I I assume running a one-man nonprofit. I'm not trying to get rich, but I sure would love a higher standard of living. Well, I'm going to ask you, have you ever read the book The Go-Giver? No, but I've riven, read uh, Give and Take by Adam Grant. You'll need, you'll need to check out The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and uh, David Mann. And Bob has actually been a guest of uh, this podcast, but the fifth law that they talk about in The Go-Giver is the law of receptivity. So if you're giving, 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 you got to stay open to receiving. Because if you're giving as much as you are and you're not receiving, it's like, what could you do differently to receive more? And so that's something that I've I've learned over the years is i got to stay open to receiving because I'm one of those people that will give, 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 give. Well, I think we've seen some of that this year. I don't, I don't know if you've watched the episodes, but even Genesis Block was on yeah. one of the PBS TV shows. So they've been guests. Gerard yeah. Tracy been guest to this show. Yeah. So I recruited in June. Um, I had been working on this for two years, and finally they just this this German Irish passion stubbornness, <laughs> and they just knew that I wasn't going to give up. And uh, a TV show by PBS called Startup is yeah. based out of Michigan. And they filmed five episodes here in June. And these are six million people watched the show, and it's Emmy-nominated. And it gave, an I think, 20 or well, basically a half an hour of free national exposure. And the best feedback that we got was a company called Sea Love Sea Salt got yeah. eight times the normal of online orders the month after the show aired. And they got orders all the way from California. And that cost us nothing. Yeah. Right, that's a bit more of the advocacy that we were talking about. Is where's this help going to come from? Well, if it's not going to come from Wilmington or Wilmington spent on that, then how can we bring some outside resources? Yeah. And how do we get the word out more about what's happening yeah, here? We, we had the second most read article in Atlanta last year. Uh, it's called Hypopotamus. It's a startup newsletter based in Atlanta, and they had done a story on the ecosystem of Chattanooga. And I was familiar with Chattanooga, and I was like, they don't have more than Wilmington, <laughs> right? So I reached out to them, and then two editors moved on, and finally the third editor said, okay, stop emailing me. We'll come. And she tra- she was here January 6th, so she was here on the, the day of D.C. Oh. And we just, you know, I took her around to everything I thought she'd want to see, put in the pictures, write the stories. She actually wrote three stories and made the whole newsletter about Wilmington. Hmm. which was great exposure because the friends of Live Oak Bank f- that live in Atlanta yeah. were calling Live Oak going, how did you get this article about your little beach town, <laughs> right? But, the you know, we were only outdone by a story about Mark Cuban, one of the sharks that he had invested in an Atlanta company. Hmm. Other than that, we were the most read story in Atlanta. That's and if strange. you're s- spending three hours stuck in Atlanta traffic, I bet the beach sounds like a nicer place to have your startup. Oh, yeah. Right? Rather than the beltway. So, so how do we make people more aware of if they want to bring their entrepreneur? I don't know if you read the last story, but we just had an entrepreneur relocate from Colorado Springs. And he's, he emailed me. He said, Jim, I'm on my way. I didn't know this I think guy. You, you, you posted that, something about LinkedIn. About yeah. That he calls me thing. the startup whisperer. <laughs> and so he, he would stop at a stop, you know, a rest stop or a hotel, and he would send me three more questions in an email. And by the time he got to the next gas stop, I would have answered those three questions. So we were emailing on his whole trip from all the way from Colorado. He came here sight unseen. He had never been to Wilmington. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's great. Well, it's great. That, that company's called Fetch, by the way, with a F3TCH. Cool. Well, it's great that you're advocating for Wilmington and Wilmingtonians and startups in this community. So I'm going to shift the gears again on you to um, a little more personal. So, you know, I, I mentioned uh, ahead of the show with you that I always ask two questions of my guests. And the first question I like to ask is, what are you, Jim, working on to reflect more of the life that you want to live? Yeah, so this year in the pandemic, uh, I didn't know where things were going. Yeah. Um, so I started to not write a book, but I started writing um, an outline on what I had been doing in entrepreneur development because mm-hmm. every city in America is now is trying to building their own entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so how do you replicate what you can't replicate Silicon Valley, right? right? How do you create homegrown businesses that create millionaires and raise the lives of everyone around them? Mm-hmm. And so as I started writing this outline, which got to 100 pages of a PowerPoint, hmm. a friend of mine from Myrtle Beach called and said, hey, we want to re- restart our ecosystem, and can you help us? Mm-hmm. And I got that contract. And that's how I started Rojo Octo Ecosystem Consulting, which is, again, the red octopus. Um, And that's what I do when I'm not in Wilmington and I'm Mm -hmm. not with my son as I'm working on the the Myrtle Beach. They're trying to replicate what we've done is how do you you build an ecosystem, a startup ecosystem uh, in a beach town? Hmm. And so next month they will be opening up their own co-working space and they have – uh, an organization called Emerge, and that's that's what came out of the pandemic was a small consulting firm. And that money, as we've been joking around, is what will help pay for my son's tuition. That's right? awesome. And so that's that's my solution to my own problem, there you if go. you will. You're, you're creating, you're an entrepreneur for yourself in creating this consulting business. That's awesome. And helping another community not far down the road. Right. Excellent. So you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs at this point, a lot of startup people, a lot of people with big dreams, a lot of people, um, different walks of life. And then you've worked with a lot of investors that, are, you know, come together. So you know a lot of people. You've been exposed to a lot of people. I'm wondering in all the things that you've learned now to this point in your life, whether it be in the entrepreneurial space or personally, if you could give advice to anyone you met, like what is that one thing that would you would encourage others to do to reflect more of the life that they want? Well, I, I would give back to what we said before is, you know, if you're, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, apathy is a big problem in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it is, is these people are not engaged in the community here. They're still, they're still giving to the Boston symphony or, you know, <laughs> they're still, supporting the NPR station in Chicago, uh-huh. you know, but right here in our own backyard, these organizations really struggle every day to scramble the resources. I mean, I'll never forget when I was working at UNCW and they, they had to threaten to shut down the track team if they hadn't, if they didn't raise $250,000 in the next month. I remember that. But right down the road, Cape Fear Community College had a one lunch at a fundraiser, and they raised over $300,000. Mm. So I wonder what's the difference there. Why, mm-hmm. why was the community college supported and the university wasn't? Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, 
I'm always looking for more things to do. I'm I'm working on a, a party with the people at End of Days Distillery on something that I'll give on you Castle a, Street. Why don't we? Why don't? Why doesn't Wilmington have a big, um, you know, uh, Kentucky Derby party? I mean, if the garden party is such a success, and God knows they drink a lot of bourbon, <laughs> why isn't there your typical Southern party is a Kentucky Derby party? Yeah, that is a Southern tradition. Well, we'll put that out there. The listeners will hear that, and then maybe you and some others can pull that off. I have some ideas. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you, the thing that you would recommend to others to reflect more of the life you want is to kind of give and invest locally into the community to help support people that are taking risks to start up businesses and things like that. Yeah, we're, we're begging people in the ecosystem, people who could be mentors, but it's not just – I think you know this – the key to being a great mentor is to actually ask more questions. Yeah. It's not to say, here's the one way you should do it. It's what way works for you. So I'm going to continue to ask questions until you come up with the best answer that comes from your genuine self of this is what fits my character. Yeah, the the, the key skill, I think, in coaching for me, and you work with a lot of young entrepreneurs and startups, is it's the quality of the question that you ask. Because most of the people have the answer within themselves. And if you keep asking high-quality questions, they will discover within themselves what the answer is. So just like you described the gentleman in Asheville that you pivoted him to look in this little bit slightly different direction, he had the answer. Right. He had the solution. He's just he was trying to push it in this direction. So it was just you helping him to see that. Then he could go apply his energy and his yeah, talents to solve that problem. Another way that we talk about that is can you be the aspirin to the pain point in a big industry. Mm. So we actually had an event here. It's the only event, the only event CIE ever charged for. Mm. It was called our Aspirin event. And we rented out a building over by Castle Branch. That's an event space on mm -hmm. the top floor. Yeah. And we sold it out very quickly. And we invited five large employers and we all asked them all to bring five big problems in their industry. Mm. And so you've got 25 opportunities for the entrepreneurs in the room to go, I can do that, yeah. right? If that's a big problem, but the key is it can't be, it can't be just a problem in Wilmington. It has yeah. to be an industry wide. So if, if the hospital in Wilmington has that problem, does the hospital in Greensboro and Atlanta and Wichita, Kansas and Austin, Texas, do they all have the same similar. problem too, that you can go now sell to them and bring the money and start scaling your business? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it's been a delight to have you oh, on the, the show. Hours up already. <laughs> yeah. So we're, um, we, you know, we've we've talked a lot about the, the ecosystem here in Wilmington and all the different ventures and things and the ways that you're involved in the community. So if people want to reach out to you, learn more about New or learn more about Rojo Octo. What's the best way to connect with you? Sure. The LinkedIn, you find me on LinkedIn. It's under Rojo Octo Ecosystem, R-O-J-O-O-C-T-O, -O -O okay. Rojo Octo. And I'm very involved in LinkedIn. You can find our website, newilm.com. We also have a coalition of 13 other entrepreneur support organizations. It's actually called The Coalition. Right. And we have a website for that as well. So if you're not a scaling tech entrepreneur, you're looking for other help. There's other organizations around town that can help you too. Yeah. Excellent. 
So they can find all of that through your LinkedIn profile yes. and connect into those other organizations. Well, awesome. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to you. You mentioned a couple of different things that you're writing an article about. And then this outline you had for the business, different aspects of how to help create this startup culture ecosystem and then also how to help entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm, I'm curious and I'll look forward to seeing more about that. Maybe down the road we can get you back on the show and we can talk. Can I mention more. one more thing? Absolutely. So we're having it. Our next event will be February 24th. We're okay. bringing, actually, we're bringing the leader of the Angel Capital Association of America. It's a nationwide organization of angel investors. Awesome. And he's agreed to come and talk to our entrepreneurs. So we're going to put him on a panel with two investors and they're going to talk about how entrepreneurs can find more capital regionally. So that's going to be February 24th? At Ironclad Brewery. Ironclad Brewery. Well, let's make sure when this episode comes out that we help to promote that event so we can get as many people and, that are interested in coming out and helping investors and startup entrepreneurs in this community. Great. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Jim, it's been a delight to have you on the show. I always say to my guests, go out there and live a life of greatness. I'm trying every day. <laughs> I'm sure you will continue to do so. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you very much.